Crossroads Podcast. We are a young adult ministry here at Olive Baptist Church in the Pensacola, Florida area. My name is Ethan Jago, your host, and I am here with my co-host, Colton. Hey, super excited to be here. Excited for this conversation. So Colton is going to be uh, our new co-host, so it'll be Colton and I from here on out. We just uh, we recently did the worship podcast that came out a couple of weeks ago, and Colton and I have a, a f- exciting I guess you could say upcoming podcast series that we're going to be doing, uh, where we're going to be having special guests uh, Skyping or Zooming in with us. Uh, and the good thing uh, with all of this is that me and Colton work together a lot with Crossroads. Uh, Colton is obviously the worship leader, and then he's also involved in a lot of things here at the church too. So we're excited to uh, move into this next journey of the Crossroads podcast. Yeah, I'm super excited. Uh, I love college students excited to be a part of just talking about theological concepts, practical concepts that college students are, are struggling with or working through or, or trying to figure out today. Uh, so I love how uh, curious, open-minded uh, those people are that are, even in that college age, even, even working, the young adult uh, people are, are really trying to figure out uh, how does the Bible relate to my life? Uh, how do I uh, live it out in a practical way. So super excited to be able to to kind of talk through some of those those ideas. Yeah, and so um, we are going to be moving through these podcasts, and each time we have these podcasts, um, the podcasts have kind of evolved since when we first started with specific questions that people would write in uh, or send in through Instagram and stuff like that. But uh, if you have sent in, I'm going to say this real quick, if you have sent in an email I was talking with someone, and they said that they've been sending in emails, but I haven't gotten them. Uh, I apologize. Uh, I don't know what's happened uh, with that, but if you want, you can email ejago, J-A-G-O, at allabaptist.org if there's been some kind of a mess up here. But uh, as we do go through these podcasts, if you want to send in voice memos or anything else like that, let us know. We'll play them, or if there's any specific topic you want us to discuss uh, and research and unpack for you, we will. But today, Colton, we are going to be talking about something that has just, uh, within the past few years, especially with COVID-19 erupting, uh, more and more and more churches are getting involved in this, if they haven't already, is online or digital church. Yeah. So uh, COVID really kind of forced a lot of churches uh, to either take a hiatus for several months since they weren't allowed to meet in person or to move their services online. And people did that in, in a whole variety of ways. Uh, but now that we're kind of on the tail end, hopefully, uh, hopefully. The, the, yeah, post, keyword. Yeah. the post side of, of COVID, uh, the question is what, is, what is the theology behind continuing an online church? Should you continue? Is it the right way to, to do church even? Uh, what are the theological implications of of that kind of thing? So, uh, yeah, it's super interesting topic, very relevant to what's going on today and what a lot of churches uh, and and people and, and students are really kind of struggling through. Yeah, so we're going to briefly open up with a discussion about what is online church currently looking at, uh, or excuse me, looking like. Uh, and we're going to be specifically talking within the context of what we have done here at Olive Baptist, and then we're going to be kind of looking into the theology behind that, uh, and what is it that we should be using, if we should be using it at all, and if we are using it, how or what is the right way to use it? I, I think that's a very key term, Colton, is like, we're using it, 
a lot of churches are using it, but is there a correct way of using it? And when is the online church platform overstepping? Because I think everyone would be in agreement that you need to be physically involved in a church community. Uh, community through the the screen is not the same thing, right? And uh, a good comparison I like to use is, you know, I enjoy watching movies. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, I don't know how much of a Matrix fan you are. I saw the trailer for the new Matrix movie. Looks incredible. I, I saw Matrix when I was eight. Uh, and that's, uh, well, I don't think I've seen it since then. It's, uh, or even Jurassic Park. Let's use Jurassic Park. Yeah. That's a yeah. better way of explaining it. So I love Jurassic Park franchise. I love the Jurassic Park movies. Um, but there's a, there would be a, a huge difference between me watching it from a screen and then experiencing it in real life. Right. Yeah. And yeah. the closest thing I can say that to is, uh, Universal Studios has a Jurassic Park experience, uh, in, in which you can go there and experience elements and aspects of Jurassic Park. Now, watching the Jurassic Park theme park, if you will, from a screen is definitely not the same as experiencing it in person. Mm-hmm. So now let's apply that to the churches. Churches are online, most of them out of necessity, most of them out of a, a way in which they can use that as a, a larger outreach tool for the community uh, locally and then also globally. Um but is that replacing the actual physical church? You know, it's it's really interesting. I think if you look at online church strategies uh, right now, you've got a couple of different ways that people view online church. And I think that's got to be the foundation to this conversation. Uh, how are people utilizing online church? And and I would say that there are two fundamental ways that people are using using the online church. One of those would come across as a format to replace the physical church, and the other one would come across almost as a, here is what's going on at our church. We just want you to have the online capabilities to tune in and see what's happening. Uh, so the two distinct versions of online church, if you want to call it that, uh, one would be, hey, our online church almost exists as a TV uh, church, right? A, a church where you can just tune in, watch, see what's going on in the building. We're not necessarily uh, positioning our our sermons. We're not positioning our church towards reaching this online community. We're just allowing people to tune into the services that already exist. The second thought on online church is building a community that is fully online, not necessarily focused on physical interactions, but but more specifically, can we build a, a social online community? And people can do that in a variety of ways. Uh, you can use that through social media groups. You can use that through uh, Zoom calls where people from all sorts of different places are maybe getting together and doing Bible study. Uh, so the question is, do we utilize the online church in a, in a online community? And if so, does that community replace, replace the physical uh, community, and I think that's just a very, very difficult question uh, to answer. And this is one where things are going to be a little bit different. You can't necessarily read scripture and and find in there, hey, do or do not use online social media platforms to 
uh, help push the church forward, right? Because that's, that's not a thing that exists existed at that point. So, you know, what principles can we take uh, from that time period that we can help pull and answer this question? Uh, so it's a very difficult question. Yeah. And you brought up something that's uh, a key point because before you came on staff here, I was kind of running the online stuff. And part of that was I had reached out to, I'm not going to name names, but a, a, an extremely humongous church, uh, their online person and I was talking with this individual about how they have their online church structured. Uh, and they have online church memberships where they need not ever physically come into the church, but they can join the church online. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, too, they also can do baptisms uh, as well through online, uh, in which essentially where I would like to think that they were trying to take this with is starting to develop more home churches for those Uh, who may be unable to physically come into their specific church. And in a way in which I could see that being beneficial is if you are in an area in which there are no churches or in a country in which there is no church, uh, potentially I could see that being viable. Um, However, I would disagree with that being done within the confines of the continental United States uh, because there are churches out there um, good, bad, or indifferent, there's churches out there, or if there isn't a church, then maybe you should start one if you're able to. So what they were doing is they would provide training for these individuals. Uh, they would have their online church community, which is kind of what you're talking about, that that gathering social group, if you will. And they were developing a community, or excuse me, they already have it. They've de- they have a community developed for online church membership. And in this online church membership too, they can tithe, they can baptize, They can do the Lord's Supper at their home. But really what I have seen happen from that as I was talking with this individual more and more is I see how this could be in a way beneficial, but I think there comes a time in which it's way overstepped the the definition of what a church is supposed to be. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. So what is church, right? So if we if we look at our ecclesiology in the in the Bible, like what is the church supposed to be? And I think if you dive into the book of Acts and you see the birth of the church, and as you look through the Old Testament, the New Testament, it's it's this at that time physical assembly of the people coming together for the reading of Scripture, for the worship, uh, to hear. Uh, what the Bible says about the the practical living out of our faith, right? Uh, again, you didn't have online formats. You didn't have these mass media that existed at this time. Uh, so, you know, it, it does get into that really gray area. Uh, but throughout history, that the church up until the last hundred years, when we've really kind of had a different way of, of doing things, uh, has been focused on the community that is surrounding uh, that area, right? That that community. If if you live in the Pensacola area, you could view it as Cantonment or Pace or Inslee or Pensacola or or Gulf Breeze, having uh, a collection of people coming in and worshiping Jesus and and connecting with other people in that community. Um, can you do that online? I don't know. Now, I will say you do also have, have this, this concept here that Paul, when he did his missionary journeys, went 
into wherever the 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 center of of the public was, right? So when he would come in, he would originally go to the synagogues and would address the Jewish population. And then once he was rejected there, he would go into uh, the, uh, I guess it would be like a temple or or a public square uh, where he would go in and he would start addressing those uh, that were Greek philosophers or who were talking about different things that were going. So he went to where people were gathered. Um now we live in a very decentralized population. People have really kind of moved out to the suburbs. You don't really see a lot of people now. Uh, you know, you go. You, I mean, sometimes you don't even see your neighbors for like weeks, and nobody ever questions it or wonders if they're even alive. But basically, people go into their garage, they open their garage, they walk into their house. Like, there's not as much community going on. And so, over the last hundred years, I think the church has has tried to answer like, okay. How do we, where is the public square now? And uh, seemingly the, the church has said, hey, we will become the public square. Come to us. We'll have sports. We'll have sewing. We'll have, you name it. We'll, we'll do it here. Uh, so come to our church and we'll create community here. Uh, but again, in the last 10 years, where has that community moved? Is it, is it at the church or is it online with social media coming in? Uh, so the question is, does the church then engage in the online community and say, we're going to move back to the public square, or does the church try to do this counterculture thing where it says, hey, online community isn't sustainable. Yes, you can meet people in a unique niche area that you might not be able to meet in your community, but you've got to have physical interaction. Yeah, and the verse that... Uh, Colton was referencing there about Paul reasoning with people. That's found in Acts chapter sixteen, or excuse me, Acts chapter seventeen, verses uh, sixteen through uh, towards the end of the chapter. There, um, the 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 good point that you brought up there is that the church became the community, and you even see that in the book of Acts. Whereas in Acts chapter two, Peter was standing in the courtyard, if you will, of the synagogue, proclaiming that to all the people. And for quite a while, the church did not meet in. Uh, a building at all. It would meet in the courtyards outside of the temple, or it would end up, uh, especially if you look in the different epistles of Acts, uh, not in Acts, excuse me, in the different epistles Paul wrote, you can see home and house churches. But then there was a reconvergence into places of worship as we move into the second century. And what evolved and what broke that out? Well, the reason why we had home churches and everything else is because Christianity was an inherently a persecuted religious sect that was getting crushed and crushed, so they weren't able to gather publicly. However, there was a huge uh, uh, evidence that suggests that there was communal reading as they would come together as a community physically together. And I think that's also what uh, the writer of Hebrews is saying here uh, in Hebrews chapter 10, uh, as he is saying in verse 25, not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. So what the writer of Hebrews is saying is like, we need to be physically gathering together. Uh, and there are so many benefits. And we've actually done a podcast in the past on church membership, which I think mm-hmm. you can listen to that more if you want to figure out what and why that the importance of being involved in a church is. But I believe, you know, going into the latter portion of what you just were saying, the church needs to be in the online digital world. Um, because like you said, if we're using the principles from what Paul was saying into where you said too, which is cr- true in Acts chapter 17, he was m- basically reasoning with the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers at mm-hmm. that time. 
which tells us that he was going into where the people were gathering. And the word is described as the marketplace. So what's the marketplace currently in 2021? It's not the mall from like when you and me grew up and like, or the blockbuster <laughs> video or, you know, wherever oh, people would gather together. I mean, if you look at statistics and research, everyone is online. And yeah. for the church to not be online, I, I think the churches would be failing uh, to be in a venue and a medium to affect it for good and to point people back to Christ. But again, I think there's a real fine line that's very difficult to distinguish or delineate from as to, am I doing too much online? Has the church crossed now using, uh, you know, the, the church uh, kind of example of, hey, community or marketplace, social media, this is, for instance, all Baptist church. This is what we're a part. Hey, join us on Sunday, check us out, uh, and then kind of go from there. But I know the philosophy behind our church is we don't want people to just sit and stay at their homes and watch us. Mm-hmm. However, if for whatever reason you're sick, uh, you know, you're unable to come for whatever reason, uh, or you're traveling and you're unable to attend a local church into where you're traveling, join your local church family and yeah. your body so that way you can still be connected. But what I will say is if you were if you were a member of this church and you moved away, our church would encourage you to get involved in that local church. Yeah. And if you want to continue to join us, that's fine as long as you're plugged into your local church. So when you bring up this whole this whole concept, right, of of Paul and how he addresses and how he goes into the public square, probably the the biggest thing against saying, hey, let's move the entire community online because that's where it is. Paul, when he established churches, as you said, right, they were home churches. They weren't churches that existed in the marketplace. Correct. That was an evangelistic tool that Paul used in order to reach the people that were in that city. And then he encouraged them after reaching them in in that evangelistic strategy to then join the local community, the body of believers, right? Yeah. So you're absolutely right. Let's. I think the biggest thing to do with online church is not to build necessarily a community online, but to use it as uh, an evangelistic tool. We're gonna we're gonna put these these uh, well, you know, we'll we'll put these sermons out for for people that are maybe at home sick, maybe the elderly who just aren't able to travel as well. Uh, we will put them out for people that are, that are out. Uh, but we do need to capitalize on social media platforms. We do need to capitalize on online uh, areas, right, in order to use evangelistic tools to reach people. I, I think we would be doing a disservice to ourselves uh, and to the gospel if we did not utilize these tools that allow us to really kind of proclaim the gospel to a very, very large amount of people very quickly. Uh, The mass marketing, mass media uh, stuff that we have now is, is absolutely incredible. Well, and if you look at too, uh, to interrupt your train of thought here, what is happening right now with digital online church is nothing different than what happened in the mid eighties with the invention of the cassette tape and also VHS. Mm-hmm. Think about how many pastors were recording, our pastor included, were recording themselves now on cassette tape, and then you could subscribe. Let's just say you're in England, and you could get access to uh, what whoever pastor or whatever pastor had the you know appropriate means of doing this, and you could get access to their sermons, 
And essentially in the same aspect, Colton, they could have used that as their online church and used that as an excuse to not going to church. Because I think what we're, if you're not sure why or what on earth are Colton and I talking about, why we're even bringing this up is we're addressing the problem of people not going physically to a church and assuming that online church is enough. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm hoping you're hearing us pretty clearly that we are saying that that is not okay. We are saying that you need to physically be in a church and that online church should never replace the physical gathering of church. But we've thrown in some caveats, but we're also now working through what and how can online church be used. And what I'm, what I just was saying is what we have is no different than the cassette tape or the VHS. Yeah. You know, cause I remember as a kid, my parents would subscribe to like Chuck Swindoll and some of these other people. Uh, this was like just before the internet era and we would listen to cassette tapes. And I remember thinking, we've already been to church. Why are we listening to this guy now Sunday evening? And my parents were like, oh, we enjoy listening to mm-hmm. this pastor, this mm-hmm. pastor. And so the way in which my parents modeled was it was a supplement to not a replacement of yeah. the local church. And I think if you use it that way, that's fantastic. Now, in the same sense, too. Uh, my wife and I being military, and I know you've moved around a lot too, is we would move so often. It was so difficult to find a church. Uh, and a lot of churches, you know, in the mid 2000s didn't have really robust websites. I mean, you got to think podcasts weren't necessarily a thing yet. Uh, there wasn't a thing until like the mid to later 2000s. Uh, YouTube wasn't a thing. So we would have to physically go into a church and there was sometimes we would go into a church only to realize within 10 to 15 minutes, like, oh my goodness, this was such a waste of time. And then we essentially blew blew the day going to a church that we were considering going to only to find out that this was nothing like what we had thought it was going to be. But now with online church, through the private of my own home on a Monday through Friday, I can search to see, okay, what church would I want to go to on a Sunday that I think lines with my theological convictions and belief and that has the focus on what I want to have the focus on, then I can see which church uh, is kind of... Uh, fitting what I'm desiring in a church or what I think a church should be. And then I can make that decision and it's a consolidation of efforts as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's how I've even used it practically is to check out churches. And even when I travel, I check out their online stuff and I'll, I'll, I'll l- listen to a couple minutes of random messages and be like, okay, yeah, I, I'll definitely attend that church if I'm out of town. Yeah. I mean, you know, you have a ton of people that listen to a ton of different pastors, right? It's in supplement uh, to to whatever it is that you're doing. I've been listening to Adrian Rogers a lot recently. Uh, I love listening to guys like Francis Chan, Tim Keller, uh, but I'm not a part of their church, and I and I don't have a desire to be a part of their church. I have a desire to be a part of a church that is uh, affecting my community, the people that I grew up with, the people that are around me. Uh, it, let's say that I, I share the gospel with somebody, right? I'm not going to be like, hey, listen, there's like 600 churches in Pensacola, but just forget about all of those. You should just listen to this guy on on uh, your app or your podcast or, or wherever. No, you need to be involved uh, in a church, uh, having that community, having not only that, uh, but you have to have a pastor who is able to help guide and walk you through whatever it is that you may be going through. You, uh, maybe it's not the the lead pastor of a church that you're involved in, but maybe it's a, a pastor that you have a close relationship with. Uh, but sitting down with a pastor sometimes whenever you've maybe gone through the loss of a child, maybe you've gone through, uh, you know, you're going through a state of depression, maybe, maybe you have an addiction in your life, right? You can't just call up this pastor that you've been listening to 
and and have them know who you are, right? Being involved in a local community, a body of believers, allows you to have access to people who know you. They know your family. They know your story. They know your background. And you miss out on all of that when you join an online community. And I would say that even if you are a part of a social media group, right, even if you were a part of some Zoom Bible study or whatever, you're not going to truly know who people are until you spend time with them because we have such an easy way of putting up a front on online communities. Whereas if I were to, say, invite you to my house, you don't get to see a glimpse of me over a 30-minute time period where my kid is you know, in a back room and, and my wife is not a part of this call. You, if I invite you over to my house and, and we get connected, right, you physically get to see how I interact with my family, how I interact with my son, my wife, how we bring the gospel and the Bible into our conversations and into our home. Um, man, I, I was listening to a, a, a podcast recently from Austin Stone Worship. This is just a little side note. Uh, I don't think it was from them, uh, but the, the guy, the worship leader, one of them uh, was on this podcast, and he was talking about how he loves to invite people in his home, and they cook together. So he doesn't prepare the meal until people get there. And he's like, hey, I want you guys to help me prepare this meal, because uh, otherwise, what are you doing? You're just sitting around. You know, he's like, whenever we're preparing a meal, we have to communicate with one another. We are forced to kind of be in this this space talking and, and having conversation and interaction, right? And you get to see how I interact with my wife or my kids or you know, how our family dynamic is. And I get to see how your family dynamic is. And, and we get that. You just miss out on so much when you do not physically meet uh, together is, is kind of what I'm getting at. Um, well, play, play that analogy out even another way. Would you, would you let's just say you're, you're looking for a future spouse. You meet someone online and you never see them before the day of the wedding, but you get married online eventually you you need to meet up with him physically. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to connect with him physically. So in the same aspect too, uh, just like you're saying, like we, we need to have that physical social interaction with each other. And then like, that is where true relationships are built. Uh, and online, you can put up a front. Uh, you're not able to read the nonverbals very well through internet. Uh, you're not able to see like the full aspect of the individual's life. Uh, and that's a great analogy. Like, that's actually really cool how that guy uses cooking. Mm -hmm. uh, except I'll say there's been times I've come over to people's homes and it's like, I'm starving. It's like, <laughs> well, we just put the turkey in the oven. It'll be ready in about three minutes or three hours. It's like, oh. Maybe maybe not cooking like a three-hour Yeah, <laughs> but like something, yeah. I, I actually, I think that's a really cool idea because uh, something Diane and I like to do is in our premarital counseling that we do is we bring the couple towards the last session. Actually, I have one tonight. They come over to our house and they have dinner with us, Diane and I, and all three of our kids. And, you know, they get to see how mm -hmm. chaotic and fun and crazy our family is and experience that because some people haven't had that family environment the way that other people have. Uh, and they get to see how Diane and I interact with each other and yeah. how we interact with the children. And it would be different if you were just watching it. If I just recorded a video and say, watch this and see how we... Yeah. When you're living there and your ears are ringing from the, you know, the laughing and the, the, the crying and the screaming and whatever else, that's different. Yeah. Experiencing it in person is different than watching it through the screen. Well, I'll even say this, and, and, and this may be relevant to a lot of people that listen to this podcast, uh, but 
I have done physical school and I have done online school. Uh, I've done um, a couple of degrees in person and in one degree online. And there is a difference there even. Just watching online videos of professors is very different than sitting there listening to a professor and being able to ask questions, right? So uh, for the online uh, I'm missing lectures uh, that I was a part of. I was like, I, I can't remember this word here. Uh, for the online classes that I was a part of, right, they were even ran by adjuncts. So the professor who was presenting the videos or who was putting together the stuff wasn't actually the professor that you were interacting with. So not only do you lose the interaction between the professor uh, back and forth, you also have these uh, discussion group things that you do. Uh, but there's such a big difference between doing discussion group things and trying to get to know people that are in that class and building a network and building a community and going to a classroom and building a group of friends and a network and a community. And uh, you just miss out on that whenever you do school online. And so uh, I know a lot of people have been doing school online. Uh, maybe you're back in, in person now, uh, but having done that through COVID, there's just so much of a, of a difference between doing it online, having the interactivity uh, between the professor and you, and then also between uh, your classmates and getting to build lifelong relationships uh, and a network of people that you'll be able to call and rely on for the rest of your life that you miss out with whenever you do things online. And so I think that's a great parallel to the church, right? If the church fully moves online, yes, you may have a pastor, maybe you're listening to sermons there, but you lose out on the ability to ask questions, to to meet with them. You lose out on the ability. It's just so much easier to connect with people physically when they're right in front of you than it is when they're online. And I'll say this as well. I just don't trust you if I only meet you online. I've got to meet you in person. I mean, there's a whole there's a whole TV show, right? Catfish. Catfish <laughs> of, of people just like putting up like this, this app. Like if I want somebody to babysit my kid, right? I'm not just going to find somebody online and send them to my house. You're not going to Angie's list for babysitters. No. Yeah. Even though I think people do, they're yeah. crazy. <laughs> Uh, I don't, I don't know. I just couldn't do, I would have to like know you. I would have to have physically talked with you, even sending my child to a daycare. I'm not just going to find one online. I'm going to, I'm going to look online. I'm going to utilize that tool, but I'm not just going to send my kid there. I'm going to go to the daycare that I feel like maybe is the one that I want. I want to meet the teachers. I want to see the place. I want to see how they interact with students before I choose to, to send my child there. So online can be a tool to get me in the door, but I'm not just willy-nilly going with something just based on what you have online because it, it's oftentimes fake. No, you're exactly right. You, you, you can't actualize or visualize or realize something until you're physically there and experiencing it, and you're exactly right, Colton. You need to physically be there to make the connections, uh, to to have the interpersonal relationships with people, and then to the accountability alone, and then the interactions. I mean, you just, you know, it, whenever I get text messages from people, I read text messages <laughs> in the most negative light. That's why you got to use emojis. Yeah, you, know, you have to because, faces. and that's the thing is you don't get the the nonverbals and you don't get to actually, you know, have you ever met like a celebrity in real life and you've seen them on screen all of a sudden you're like, wow, that's not at all how I envisioned oh, yeah. or pictured them. So 
what we're talking about here, you know, to, to bring it into conclusion here is online is great. Online uh, can be utilized in a positive way, but what it should never do is to physically replace you going into a physical church uh, for the community aspect, for the accountability aspect, for everything that we've talked about in our church membership episode. But online church can be good. Uh, and it should be utilized in, as Colton had said, as an evangelistic outreach tool, uh, as a as a kind of a, a keyhole through to get them experiencing. But again, to move them as Paul did from the marketplace of online and into the physical church. And if you're listening to this and you haven't been into a physical church recently, we both Colton and I want to encourage and edify you to go and get involved in a local church. Go physically go into the church. Uh, you know, wear a mask if you need to, whatever distance and protocols, uh, you know, our church still does incredible job at cleaning and everything else to try and make it as safe as we possibly can. But you should never think that online church is a replacement of physically gathering the church. And we just want to encourage you, uh, that, you know, if you're listening to online churches and stuff like that, that's great. That's fine. But it should never overtake, uh, physically being at church. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Crossroads Podcast. We are the Premier Young Adults Ministry here in Pensacola, Florida. We will be shutting down Crossroad Tuesday night meetups starting on the 14th, but we will be back next year. Uh, If you have questions, feel free to write us. Otherwise, we will see you next time on the Crossroads Podcast.